You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to... The Early Night Show Virtual Edition, or the Corona Cabaret. My name is Joshua Turchin, and thank you so much for being with us on our 50th episode. We're so excited to be here on the Broadway Podcast Network's live town hall. Today is a really special episode. We're celebrating Broadway Records' release of the Perfect Fit the Musical's remote EP on iTunes and everywhere you can stream music. For those who don't know, the Perfect Fit Musical follows teenage performers hoping to avoid the dreaded theatrical dead zone as they navigate through a web of stage parents, dance classes, and auditions while their stories unfold trying to find their perfect fit. It's an emotional roller coaster I think that everyone can relate to, as we're all really trying to figure out where we belong in the world and find our perfect fit. To help us out, I want to introduce our moderator extraordinaire, who is A&R with Broadway Records and an amazing performer himself. Let's welcome Robbie Brazell to the Early Night Show. Hi, Josh. Hi. Congratulations. Thank you, How and thank you? you so much for being with us today. Oh, are you not? So where else would I be? Thanks for getting me out of the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. This is your first album, right? Yeah, this is the first album, at least of, as of now, that um, of The Perfect Fit, which is really cool and really crazy. That's incredible. You're 13 years old, right? Yeah. When did you start writing The Perfect Fit? I wrote, I started writing The Perfect Fit when I was like, I would say 11 years old. One of the reasons I wrote The New School was because I kept hearing about this theatrical dead zone, which is where you're like too young to play an adult, but too old to play a child. And through writing my, well, the, I thought about writing my experiences in the theater business. And I really wanted to create opportunities for people in the theater business. So, and you were how old when you started that? I was, when I like really started it, mm -hmm. like really like fully started writing it, I was 11. Okay. And yeah. Because I think it's safe to say that like most 11 year olds are like playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, it's an incredible feat. And then to like have it developed, uh, which we're going to talk about and, and all the way up to like having a Tony winners sing your stuff. That's huge and incredible. So congratulations. I'm so you. All right. Let's talk about uh, developing the show. So you were 11 and you were like, ah, there's the dead zone. Can't relate. Um, <laughs> a performer. Uh, I want to write about that experience. So you start writing it. And then what happens that leads to the rave uh, theater festival? Well, I kept writing the show and developing it. And then in early, I, I had like stopped working on it for like a small period of time. And then um, at a little uh, performance I did, uh, someone from the uh, Ray Theater Festival's uh, group saw me perform and they somehow learned about me writing a show and they're like, hey, you should submit to this. And the cool thing was that the Rave Theater Festival, it's an international New York City uh, theater festival. It was a completely blind submission. Yeah. And I was out of like hundreds of submissions, I was one of 20 and I was the only child, which was really cool. Sure, that's, of course you were the only child. 
so driven. I can't. Okay, so then the rave theater festival production happens, right? Mm -hmm. And what was that process like? Uh, you've, you've written a show and you take it to them. Did it change a lot while you were rehearsing it and getting it on his feet for the first time? Yeah, it did change a lot. It was really cool kind of to watch the show develop from especially up behind the casting table and behind the creative table, but also still in front of the table because I was in it. But it was really cool because when developing the show, yes, a lot of things changed. Like uh, we took away one song, we re I rewrote a couple of scenes, and a lot changed. But it was really, it. I think those changes really helped to further the plot of the show and make the show as good as it possibly could be. And then Broadway Records connected. With yeah. Um, it actually won a couple of awards and got really great reviews from the New York Times, New York Post, and Wall Street Journal. And what also happened was kind of because of that, uh, Van Dean, the owner of Broadway Records, saw the show. And right. we had actually talked about doing like a cast recording in the future, but mm -hmm. I had like literally just been cast in Forbidden Broadway, The Next Generation. And then we ran for seven months, which was really cool. Wild. Uh, so that was at the York Theater. Did, did you at any point uh, turn to Jim Morgan, who is the artistic director of the York, and say, hey, I've got this show. Are you interested? Yeah, yeah. And I think he, he seemed interested in it. And he asked for some demos. And yeah. But then, of course... The virus came. Then the virus came. Then, <laughs> yeah, the the magic of Corona happened. We were yeah. going to do like a cast recording sometime in like July or August, but the magic of Corona happened. But that gave me the idea to uh, create the first album completely recorded in quarantine. Like everything was made in quarantine. Everyone was at home. And a lot of, like, the communication between each other, like, uh, maybe we need to redo this line, was a lot over text, and uh, teaching songs was over Zoom. That's insane. So, but you had fantastic collaborators along the way, uh, and we've got a lot of them here with us today. I think we should bring in the first one, because he, he was a driving force on the album. I'm talking, of course, about Dan Garman. Hey, Hi, man. Hey. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Dan, you are the music director and arranger. Um, Indeed. You did, you recorded, okay, we have so much to talk about. We have so much Ooh. to break down because <laughs> you did, you wore so many hats on this album. Yeah, it was how, really, it was really How did you, how did you start with this show? That's actually a really great question. It's actually an insane series of events and the most concise that I can possibly be is that I've actually known Josh Turchin for quite a few years because we did a show together uh, a show um, an ASCAP reading of a show written by Oliver Hauser called XY um, and Josh I we we met and we right away we we vibed and and there was a good relationship there and I actually began teaching Josh believe it or not the accordion yeah. of all things that's that was how we met was he had asked me for accordion lessons because of course a a 12 year old or maybe, 11. no, you were like I 10 at that 10. point. I was 10. Feels <laughs> <I can't. laughs> um, like so such a long time ago. <laughs> unbelievable. And and of course, like here he's playing all of this stuff and actually he worked it into the show, which is which is incredible. 
but um, in any case, uh, so we met years ago, um, and then we had we were doing weekly lessons and some piano and some arranging and some talking, and then he told me he was writing a show. Um, I began transcribing. We started working on a couple of the songs together, and then he got busy. I got busy, and then through the craziest turn of events, um, we both uh, approached my my uh, agent essentially um, met Josh and randomly suggested me for this project to orchestrate. So we were actually reconnected by forces higher than ourselves, which was which was really exciting, and it was it felt like fate. It really felt like we were meant to meant to do this together again. So that so that's kind of how I got involved. <laughs> so Josh, when you write, do you handwrite or do you write in a program of any kind, or what is your process there? Well, usually I write in a program called um, uh, what is it called? Final draft for lyrics, and sometimes I just write in notes if I have like an idea on a different device. Mm -hmm. But uh, for music and transcribing, I use um, what's it called? Oh yeah, Finale. Sure. So then you would yeah. send Finale over to Dan uh, with like a rough demo. Is that how you would pick up? Yeah. And I would I would use like Logic and I would send him like a demo of me singing all of the parts. I would record the piano and then record my vocals. And then I would send them on over to him and he would um, or, uh, orchestrate the parts to that. So let's talk about the EP because six songs, all fantastically orchestrated. They all sound fantastic. Yep. And what we had the, a lot of back and forth. What was the process of choosing those six songs to uh, virtually represent for the first time the perfect fit for a bigger audience than the Rave Theater Festival? Well, with the uh, songs, with choosing the songs, I think we really want to pick the songs that would show the show that would really like sell the show and show people what the show is about. Mm -hmm. And for me, for me, a huge thing that Josh and I discussed uh, in, in choosing the songs, we wanted something that was not only to obviously told the show, but something really diverse and something that, I mean, a big thing for me is we're talking about the dead zone. We're talking about that kind of like transition between childhood and adulthood that's a time where we're all trying to really find our identity. And to me, that exploration of finding an identity, we, we kind of accomplished through searching through a whole bunch of different musical styles as well. And there's kind of a, like there's six very different songs and they're all yeah. kind of like telling a story in a different way from a different perspective. And they all feel very much like they're searching for something now, different. What, Dan, what, uh, what drove you to certain instrumentation? as you were orchestrating? Um, well, so obviously, yeah. So we had been talking about it and I think the big thing for me, um, obviously like having, w the show was at the rave, there was a standard rhythm section um, and I definitely wanted to expand on that a little bit and definitely the place that it went for me was finding um, uh, some more storytelling and some more emotion in strings, specifically violin and cello, but then also sometimes string quartet, which really like, helps the, oh, there's like a couple moments that feel very magical realism. There's a there's a couple moments that feel like we're like transcending everything. And to me, there's nothing better to accomplish that, especially given constraints and given what are we gonna add next um, than, than some strings. 
and tell me the process of recording because you recorded all the music and vocals so all the instrumentation and the vocals tell me the process of making that happen while you're wherever you are and yeah. like a cello player is like living in a bathroom somewhere with like a towel mm -hmm. over them. <laughs> yeah so um lots of spreadsheets um lots of <laughs> lots of lots of organizational tools and a lot and basically um the thing that was really challenging that i learned a lot about and i think josh josh and i learned a lot together was obviously when you're sending a track to someone to record to there's no conductor it's not like mm. like in a in the studio there's a music director there's someone leading and helping shape things live and we're all feeling it together um, here, what was really interesting was creating the tracks that Josh and I had made the skeletons to, and then doing a lot of work on tempo. And if you look at the metronome, it doesn't stay steady. There are lots of like little ups and downs to try to basically synthesize the feeling as if someone is conducting. Um, did you, so it, did you play track? Yeah, did everything was static. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So for the people Everything watching who don't know what a click track is, it's a metronome beat that goes, but you can change the tempo for the singer uh, if they're recording remotely and they can hear it and know what the downbeat is. Yeah. Exactly. So that if there are moments that wanted to feel more emotionally, wanted to take more time, actually had to like draw in and tell the computer to slow down the clicking so that obviously everyone is aware of how we're feeling this together. Um, and then putting it together was putting it together was really interesting. We got all the instrumentalists together within the span of about maybe two weeks, and then Josh, and then I passed it back to Josh for some final vocals. And then we really did a lot of work with all the other uh, Broadway kids and with Laura and with Nikki just to really get the shape of all of the vocal lines to 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 really and the storytelling to work it. Well. I mean, you did it. It sounds fantastic. So kudos, because it's not easy. It's not easy to make a musical in normal times. So to make a musical where nobody's in the same room is, I can't even imagine the nightmare <laughs> of trying yeah. to piece it oh, all together. Absolutely. And it also, mm -hmm. I know you uh, as the MD for Bonnie Milligan and Natalie Walker, and that's a very different sound than what the perfect fit sounds like. So it's just yeah. wonderful to hear a whole different side of your work. It really, congratulations, mm. it sounds so great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think we just did Josh, I mean, Josh's base material. It's not like, everything was there. All I had to do was fill it out a little bit, but this guy is um, an amazing, truly really phenomenal, a phenomenal writer. Let's not blow up his ego anymore. Shoot, he's hey, sorry, I won't say anything more. That's it. He's it's got done. a talk show. He plays accordion. <laughs> he probably has invented the COVID uh, vaccine and is just holding it for now. He's holding I'm, it. That's a theory. Yeah, I'm putting it out there. So, and one of the forces uh, within the album, uh, we should actually just bring her in, is uh, one of the string players. Uh, mm. Because, again, like recording... Uh, let's just bring her in. Uh, please welcome Tomoko Akabashi. Is that right? Yes, correct. Ah! Ooh, I can't Hi. even pronounce it. Oh, well. <laughs> I practiced all afternoon. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I, sh I should have, yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Hi. 
so we're talking about um, recording remotely and uh, how, what was that situation like for you as they send you like a chart um, and some kind of guide to, yeah. to, to create uh, the, the strings? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fairly, I guess I've been doing remote recordings for a little while now, so it's, uh, it's nothing, you know, uh, very out of the ordinary, but it was really nice to kind of have, you know, Josh's voice also there because then you can really feel as, as a musician, oh, you know, he's singing like this, maybe I should be more piano, maybe I should become more dramatic here. Um, so it's much more, there's more guidance uh, than just reading off a sheet of music. And that was really um, something I enjoyed. Do you play theater a lot? Yeah, Not I do. Really. Yeah. So uh, because you're not in the room, like normally you would breathe as one with the, with the conductor and with the singer, et cetera. Did you find that difficult in any way? It is a you know totally different set of like years that you use and um, the way of listening because you don't have a visual cue. Um, I think you're really relying on just purely the the sound. Um, and something that is nice um, and different about live theater is that you can really you know go and immerse yourself into your headphones and hear crystal clear you know, what is intended in, let, let's say, Dan's piano playing, or you can go back, rewind, and, and listen to it 50 times and be like, oh, this is what they're doing here, um, you know? So that's a totally different aspect of um, not doing it live, and I actually really enjoy it a lot. So. Did you have to create um, several takes that they could choose from, or... Were you just like, here's like pass one, pass two, pass three, go with God? <laughs> yeah. So um, I definitely like to um, have multiple takes and then I will kind of listen to it and then go mm -hmm. back if I don't like something and maybe, you know, fix certain things, which is very common to do in the studio. Um yeah. But yeah, we had, I mean, I definitely took multiple takes. It wasn't a one-time one miracle. <laughs> one and, done. Yeah. And, I, and I will say what, may, what makes someone like Tomoko just the best to work with is exactly what she just said, that there's so much ownership over everything, over, over just understanding of the material, understanding of my intent, understanding of Josh's intent, of the storytelling. And then also to have someone who's technologically literate and savvy enough to go through and edit their own, basically we call it comping, comping mm -hmm. together their best takes and, and doing that themselves. That saves me a ton of time because then I can just trust that this is what, she, this is what we've arrived at. And then I can just drop it in and kind of start mixing it in with everything else. Whereas sure. obviously for a lot of the vocalists or a lot of people who this is their first, I mean, with Laura and a couple other and a bunch of the kids, like this is really potentially our first time like recording ourselves at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so they would do takes and be like, we did it. 
And then it was Josh and my responsibility, depending on instrumentalist or vocalist, to really go through and be like, okay, I, we really like what they did here. Let's use this take. And then it just creates a lot more work. But Tomoko has such incredible ownership and was such a joy to work with on this. So. Oh, great. Well, I can't wait to hear it, everything, everyone together. It's really, it's really beautiful. So on March 12th, Broadway shut down, nightclub shut down, studio shut down. Um, but this EP was sort of a way to for musicians to get paid doing what they do. What was that like for you as um, as you were contracting people, Dan? I was so grateful for this opportunity and it felt like a blessing to be able to take some of my favorite people who are people who should be working all the time Mm -hmm. um, and people who I love deeply. And I was like, hey, we have an opportunity. Not only do we get to co collaborate on something together by, by uh, you know, some great music by a young composer, but also, um, you know, we, we can help out as, as times are beginning to be much more uncertain. Um, it was it was really great uh, for to have th that opportunity and to have Josh and his father and mother behind it and 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 be an employer of uh, yeah like one of the first things that happened as COVID hit for sure 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 well it sounds fantastic what a Herculean task that you undertook so chef's kiss to you uh, Tomoko and Dan thanks so much for joining us. Thank uh, you guys thank you. so much. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Thanks Yay. for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye. So, Josh, first of all, what other instruments do you play? I need a whole list. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm about to like speak. Like, I'm a very, I'm the very model of a mar, mar major Great. general. Uh, here you go. Uh, piano, guitar, electric guitar, drums, accordion, malacca, harmonica, cajon, ukulele. Uh, I said accordion probably. Um, uh, a bunch more. I I think in total I play uh, like 13 instruments. Is there one that you're ready to take on next? Yes. What? Uh, marimba. I've been wanting to play marimba for the longest time. <laughs> It just seems like such a fun instrument. Sure. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Carly. Um, yes. Carly Gendel, who you've worked with. Talk to me about meeting her when you were 10. So uh, I where, where did I meet Carly? Um I, oh yes, um, I met her uh, as I meet all my friends at uh, dance. Uh, so, at sure. uh, the dance studio, that's how I met Carly. It's a dance studio that a lot of like different Broadway kids go to. Uh, it's called Dance Molinari, and uh, that's how I met her. And I became really good friends with her. And then um, she came over one day, and I asked, "Hey, I wrote a new song for a show. Do you want to sing it?" And ironically, that was a song that I eventually like rewrote, but it's in my show still. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in my show. It's called Person Who's Not Even There. And she was the first person. She, that was like the first song I ever wrote for my show. And she was like the first person ever to sing it. That's incredible. That's when you, you had just finished the national tour of Christmas Story. 
And yes. she was just finishing her run in School of Rock on Broadway. Yeah. That's wild. Let's bring in Carly and talk to her. Yeah. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> Same. Hi, Carly. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? We're celebrating the CP. We're great. Yeah. yeah. Having a party. So talk to me. Tell me your side of the story of meeting Josh. Yes. So Josh kind of summed it up pretty good, but we were both at Dance Molinari, you know, bop mm -hmm. buying it out. And uh, just he kind of talked to me out of nowhere and we became really good friends. And he said, I wrote a song. You want to come over? And I was very sick. I was cold, like so bad. I never want to hear that first cut ever because <laughs> it's it was not. I wasn't there, but, um, you know, <laughs> eventually uh, the perfect fit kind of started gaining some traction and I'm still here. You know, I've always really loved seeing Josh's performance and really how he's evolved the show. I've been here since Rave when we did right. the show last year and the EP, he asked and, you know, I did it and now it's here and everyone can listen to it yeah which is really cool so you've been elizabeth the whole time yes it wasn't originally elizabeth ironically the role was actually named some something completely different uh but i don't i we don't need to dive into that <laughs> okay it was, so I, beyond I, elizabeth uh into elizabeth it's a lot like jekyll and hyde when lisa carew became emma carew you're welcome for that piece of garbage trivia. Thrilled. Not uh, garbage. Incredibly <laughs> worth. That is worth so much. So talk to me, Carly, about recording the song uh, in quarantine. Where do where were you when you recorded it? Um, right behind me on my uh, desk is where I recorded it. Okay. But my mic's here now. I'm not tech savvy. I um, technology is a great gift that I don't know how to use. So it took me a lot of time and patience to uh, learn how to use a mic. And I kind of still don't know how to use it. But either way, I figured it out and, uh, you know, just did a couple of takes. I I like to think that I know this song pretty good. So it didn't take me too long to figure out like the changes and stuff. But it was still really interesting to see how the song has evolved since last year even. And I don't know, it was just really cool and I very much strayed away from your question, but yeah. No, just... you didn't at all. <laughs> so did you have, so was Dan like on Zoom while you recorded or anything like that? Or um, did, were you just sent the track and, and uh, please send us several takes? Yeah, I kind of just got sent the track and did some takes. Uh, Dan did give me a couple of things because I made sure to send one in and I was like, am I using the mic right? And he was like, yes, this is how bad I am at technology. Like, it's scary. I'm so sorry. It scares me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I figured it out enough to get the song in, which I was happy about. Right. So you sing, uh, do actually, do you want to sing it now? Really? 
Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 So I'm excited. Carly, give us a little person who's not even there. Okay. Cool. Here we go. Ooh. <laughs> I can't hear. Oh. No. Hold on. We're just waiting for the track. Guys, this is virtual for the first time ever, the early night show. So virtual and live. Things are yeah, things are happening. It's good. It's out of 
fight and in hindsight I will take flight into the night now you are looking at a person who's not even Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. That was so great. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Ah, oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you, Carly, for joining us to celebrate this EP. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank oh my you for god. Me. We'll talk, we'll see you soon. Yes, yes, yeah. All right, bye, Carly. Bye. So, Josh, you recorded with one of my friends for almost 20 years. I don't like to say that out loud because it ages me. Uh, Tony winner, Laura Benanti. And let's talk about Laura. Yeah, she's just such an incredible person. Mm -hmm. She's such like an incredible singer. I mean, she's literally a Tony winner. She's like an amazing person to work with. She has like the most beautiful work voice. She's so genuine and she's just the nicest person to be around. She really is. When did she come into this process? Well, actually, um she was original um she was on the early night show. Um mm. first and then uh I asked her if she wanted to I I had a project coming up and it was the perfect fit and yeah and that's kind of how it happened. That's incredible. Well, she couldn't join us because it's uh, her baby, her toddler's bedtime, but she did send a video. Here it is. Hi, I'm Laura Benanti, and this is my quarantine hair. So you're welcome. Um, I had such an amazing time working on this project. I am an old person. I'm a very old woman. I'm 41 years old now. I just turned 41. Um, oh, thank you. That's so kind of you. Um, and I truly did not understand how to record myself remotely. It was a nightmare. Dan Garman was an actual angel. He's the music director and a person who walked me through and held my hand like I was a teeny tiny baby who happened to also be a monkey. Um, I cried three times, but ultimately I think it sounds pretty good. So there we have it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Joshua Turchin is legitimately one of the most talented humans I've ever met, and he's 13 years old. I've really wasted my life. <laughs> That's my friend Laura. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? First of all, she triggered me by saying she was 41 because that's still younger than me. Why is everyone younger than me? It's not, it's not okay. So, <laughs> um, also Nikki Renee Daniels sings a duet with Laura on the album. We should say that because she's also amazing. How did Nikki come to the project? I think uh, Dan had worked with her previously on another project and we need someone to fill a spot. And um, he, he said, oh, I have this really amazing person who I would like to, uh, who I think could be a, a good fit for 
the perfect fit. And it was Nikki. And Nikki's so amazing. Mm-hmm. She has an amazing, like, the most beautiful voice. The duet's beautiful. Uh, it, it's actually on Broadway World right now. So, first of all, everybody should go buy the album, period. But uh, if you want a taste of it, you can go to Broadway World and hear uh, Fades Away, which is the duet they do. It's stunning. All right. The flip side of that song, though, what's the most fun song you guys got to record? Ah, that's like, that's like, like picking like your favorite child. You're not allowed to say that you are a child. But then again, uh, I have to. I would have to say "Requiem for Tomorrow." That was just such a fun song. Mm-hmm. But I would. Oh, I would also have to say um, "Time." Time was such a fun song. It was. It's sung by the incredible Grace and Grace Dimitris and Sway Batia. It's so amazing, and I loved working with them. They were. They actually did the original rave production. Well, they're here right now, so let's just bring in Sway and Grace. Yeah. Hi, ladies. Hi, guys. How Hi. are you? So Hi. both of you, both of you did the rave production as well. We did, yes. Okay. Talk to me about uh, recording these tracks because, the, like, you guys do three-part harmony together. Mm-hmm. What was that like when you? you didn't have like something to guide you. It was, it was really, it was really interesting. It's simply something that has never been done before, especially doing it 100% online. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was really, really cool getting to listen to the track and sing with it and be able, being able to do it over and over while also being able to hear the harmonies in the background. So it's kind of like, in some way it's a little bit like a, like a voiceover, but it's it's super it's super cool. It was just so amazing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was an interesting experience having to, mm-hmm. you know, do harmonies over a device or a computer, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, we didn't actually hear each other's voice when we were doing it. So yeah. in my head, I'm like, Grace is singing this. Grace, uh, Josh, uh, I'm like. Hearing all like these voices in my head, I'm like, that's that person, that's that person, this is me. Mm-hmm. So, mm, this is me, mm-hmm. that's a great song too. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and it, it was so cool just doing that because it was also pretty much a challenge. You kind of have to mm-hmm. rely on yourself and pretty much roll with the punches. You really yeah. have to trust yourself. Yeah. Now- did, how much had the song changed from when you guys did it at the rave festival? It has changed. It's definitely gone through a lot of uh, rewrites and a lot of things to make it even more amazing, which is saying a lot because it was already so amazing. Um, it went through, there was definitely a lot of lyric changes and then some harmonies, a lot of harmonies were added. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically that's it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, changes are great. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always just getting even, even better. Again, like Grace was saying, it started incredibly amazing. So I don't even know how it got better. Um, It's like impossible because this little Mr. Joshua, I shouldn't say little, uh, (laughs) Mr. Joshua is, how do I put this together? He's a God. That's the word. Exactly. He's 
Wow. As, he, I don't know. His writing, it's just, I, I try to songwrite too. And he just inspires me every day to write like him. And guys, he's an incredible person. So it, with all these changes, it just makes it even, even better. And it's so fun singing it with Grace and Joshua. It's really a great opportunity and experience. Yeah, it's definitely really cool to see it progress from the beginning. Because we saw the very, very, very first not like the very first, but yeah, the very, very the first, first one of the first drafts at the Rave Theater Festival. And mm -hmm. it even changed a lot during when we were performing it at the Rave. Yeah. Um, it changed a lot over the past, like the past, like the two weeks where we did it. And then it just, over time, it just like got more amazing. And then it changed a few times while we were recording it. It was really cool to see it progress and get even more amazing. Yeah, and like also to like quickly go off of that, it's like so different when you're not in like the same room feeding mm -hmm. off of everyone else. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was pretty cool though. And Josh, what was it like working with these two? Uh, it's amazing. Grace is so incredibly talented and an incredible actress and dancer. Is and so is Sway. Sway is amazing and. She's an amazing dancer, singer, and she's a rapper. She's like the most yo, yo, amazing yo. rapper. She's so I good. like I cannot write write a a rap. I cannot write any type yes, of you rap. Can. You could. I've tried. Yes, you Next can. Week. You can do it. You can literally do anything. <laughs> That's yeah. that is not true. I cannot play sports. <laughs> I, we'll put a pin in that and talk about that in a minute. Uh, well, thank you guys. Thanks, Grace and Sway, so much for joining us to celebrate the EP. Yes, thank you for having us. We're really excited. Yeah. It's so good. You guys sound so great on it. So thank you congrats. so much. Thank you. And we'll see you later. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Bye. Josh, you have so many talented friends. Like, Thanks. But. Uh, uh, the funny thing is, like, most of these friends I met through, like, either doing shows or dance. And also, um, uh, yeah, it was, I just, like, yeah, everyone, like, goes to my dance, the dance to you, to, where, to which I go to. And mm -hmm. that's how I met a lot of my friends from The Perfect Fit as well. That's uh, great, though. That's when you find your people, you find your people. That's really important. Yeah. So let's talk about the song Requiem for Tomorrow. We haven't really talked about the perfect fit and like the story of the perfect fit yet. So talk to me, what's what's like the base plot of the perfect fit and how does Requiem for Tomorrow fit into it? Well, like the base plot, I would have to say there's this character, Jake. He's, think of him as Evan Hansen, but on steroids. Um, not a liar, just like incredibly awkward and, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, Requiem for Tomorrow, there's also a character named Alexandra and, uh, their two stories kind of unfold as well that they, they unfold and they kind of like intertwine. And at one point they, they meet each other and, uh, at some some point Jake invites her to his apartment and he, she somehow learns that um, he's like a writer because Jake kind of lets it slip. Cause Jake's not like the most, I would say he's, he's very socially awkward, but 
through that, uh, when he's showing her the song, he kind of like discovers like these feelings that he's never really had before. He's, he's met someone like him who loves theater, who loves this, who's also trying to find uh, her place in the world. And yeah, that's kind of how the story fits in. And on the album, it's sung by me and the incredible Ellie Kim. It's a beautiful song. I Again, people watching this, go get the album. Like, this this is going to live on forever, so you can watch us anytime. Get the album. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about the big group number. Uh, that's person who's not even there, right? Yes. Tell me about creating that song. Oh, so person who's not even there was the first, like, first ever song I wrote for my show. It's... It's definitely changed a lot. Originally, it was in a completely different part of the show. But as I was trying to, like, well, as I was rewriting the show, I figured out there's a better part for the show, and it should be a group number. And I feel because everyone's kind of realizing that they need to build a path for themselves in the song. And there was, I figured that there was a perfect part near the end of the show for that song. Mm-hmm. And on the album, it's sung by the incredible, the, the incredible um, Carly Gendel, Lily Brooks O'Brien, Luke Islam, uh, Grace Dimichis, uh Fabi Gire, and um, Audrey Bennett. They're all so so incredible, and I I'm so glad that they got to sing the song. Well, they're all here, so we're gonna bring them on and look like the Brady Bunch for a second. Cool. Hi, everybody. Hi. Yeah. More. Yep. Ha. Hello. Hello. Hi. Do we? Oh. Oh, there's Bobby. Hello. Hi. Hi guys. So. Hi. Let's talk about recording. There's everyone. Wait, let's we're missing about... one more. Who are we missing? Uh, I think we're missing Luke. There, there he is. is. Hey. Hey. This is like a weird camp reunion. Uh, but we can't see Lily because the early night show is over her. There we go. Hi. Okay. So let's talk about doing a group number when nobody is with you. And <laughs> what is that experience like? Let's go to Luke first. Hi, guys. Um, so it was so much fun. Um, I recorded in my kitchen. And I actually don't know how to use anything. I'm really bad at technology. So my sister did all of it for me. Um, she like helped me figure all it out, all of it out. And it was actually kind of kind of cool to like also have the track in my ear and like still really feel like it was a group number, even though it really like nobody was there with me. But it was really it was it's a beautiful song and it was so much fun to learn it and joshua is a genius so i don't know how he managed to put it all together but it was a lot of fun let's jump to fabi where were you when you recorded i was um right here in my room i um i kind of like set up a, like a little studio ish for myself um and i remember josh being like can you do this i was like he was like you want to do the song i'm like yes i want to do the song so then i remember thinking like um like is that even a question yeah of course i want to do the song so then um i i remember you know just doing the song and thinking 
oh my god it's gonna sound epic you know with everyone in it and it was kind of weird at first to not hear everyone and you know it, it like but then i got myself into it i you know i studied the lyrics and everything before and then you know i just felt it when i did it and it was so much fun and then like instantly i thought this is gonna be amazing i knew it from the first like from the first start you know from the yeah. beginning but um but instantly you know it was amazing and it is and um, i'm so proud of you josh for it audrey where were you i was in my closet <laughs> yep i always record in my closet voiceovers songs that kind of thing and it was super weird not to have people there because it's like it's a group number and usually you're able to like it's an energy that like everyone shares. And so it's super weird trying to like figure out the harmonies and figure out the feeling of the song with no one else there to collaborate with. But it was super cool at the end to hear how it all came together. And we could, and I was finally like able to see like exactly what Joshua and everyone else was like seeing. And it was just amazing to get to be part of that process. And yeah, it was incredible. And Josh is like, a crazy genius how does he come up with all of this it's insane so all of it was amazing and the songs are awesome all of it was just awesome and it was just so super cool to be a part of that's it. the takeaway it was awesome and amazing lily yeah. where are you? you're in your car Actually, right now. Where, i have a funny story i'm ready i'm oh, sorry no i want to hear your funny story i am um so funny story so right now i'm i'm <laughs> So funny story about recording the um, the EP for Josh. I was actually so when I when I was asked to do it, um, I was we, me and my family were just leaving to drive. Um, I live in California, so we were just leaving to drive all the way to Grand Canyon in Arizona. In Arizona, so I recorded the first part of the song at home um, in my room with like my little recording setup, and then I packed all of my stuff and we drove to the Grand Canyon. And that night at the hotel. I recorded the song. Um, there was like this little tiny closet area and I like, I clipped my microphone on to like the, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I clipped my microphone in and I was like crammed and I was singing. It was, it was, it was really awesome. It was also weird not, not having the entire group there. Cause it's, it's a really big group song that everyone's singing together. And it was definitely a bit hard to figure it out. And the harmonies were a bit tricky, but um, all in all, we figured it out. My microphone equipment was not as good as um, everyone else's, but I, I've actually, I, with some help from Fabi, I've actually um, gotten some new microphone equipment, and it's a lot better now. So, yeah. Do you think you upset the people in the next hotel room over from you because you were belting? <laughs> Honestly, Maybe. Um, <laughs> luckily, there was not that many people in the hotel because um, I was doing it over and over again, trying to get like the right, um, the right levels and stuff. I'm, I'm hoping that there wasn't anyone next door. Um, luckily, because of COVID, it wasn't super busy. Um, but I mean, I was just, um, I was hoping that there was not anyone next door. So a show of hands, how many of you did the Rave Theater Festival production? Okay, and were you doing like the choreography while you were singing, even though you shouldn't because you have a microphone in front of you that you're trying to? <laughs> yes, so. yes, that was me, that was me. <laughs> I mean, it's probably, I 
because since I was doing like the dance while I was doing it, it you probably hear like, um, I'm probably saying like, ah, it's like, it's like really yeah. loud and really soft because I'm like dancing, doing the whole dance. I'm in, but time, like, you know, it's not like a dancey song, but I was doing like the hand movements that we were doing, like on the word fly. And I was like, oh Bye. my gosh. I know. I remember that. And we did the boat rowing with the, uh, oh, the, yes. the memory and then all, was like, the favorite part. Pretending, what was I using as the ukulele? I can't remember. I was probably using like a water ball. I was like, no, you were using my ukulele. Because I don't have a ukulele. I have a guitar that probably would have been broken if I used that because I'd be smashing everything on my table. But yeah, I think I was using a water as my ukulele. I was like, yeah, time. In the show, I I'm think like, you used my ukulele. Song, you listen to it wherever. Yeah. In the show, we use ukuleles, but like I, when I was recording, I was like, tall. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to round Robin and ask, what does the song mean to each of you? We'll start with Grace. Okay, so this song is really heartfelt to me. Um, This song in, um, basically the song in the show is about Elizabeth talking to her mom about how she doesn't really see her and she wants her to do like certain things with her life and she doesn't want to do that. Um, this I, this song is definitely one of the songs that the audience like cried and felt the most to because I saw like literally everyone oh, yeah, in the audience was crying, crying like, every single show. Yeah. They were bawling. Um, and that's probably because all these, all the moms and like all the stage parents and casting directors mm -hmm. have some relation to this song. Like either it's their kid or they're like eight, they're kids from their agency or their siblings or stuff like that. And they can definitely relate to it. Um, so this song means it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's definitely really heartwarming to see other people portray what a lot of people go through in the industry, which is dealing with the stress of other people instead of listening to yourself. So yeah. Sway, what about you? It's a really nice song. Yeah, I agree. Going off of what um, Grace said, this song is definitely like, I, I don't want to say it's so different from the other songs, but it is definitely, mm -hmm. can't speak, definitely like a different feel from like other songs in the show where they're more, I don't want to say happy, happy, but they're not this intense, I guess. And the way Carly sings it is just insane. And the way she cries when she sings it. And that's in a good way. That's a good way of crying. She like gets so into it and you can really feel what she's going through. And she gets into the character, like you really feel Elizabeth. Like I was like, I feel you girl, I feel you. <laughs> um, and you know, it, it's just, even while being on the stage with her, I'm trying to hold myself together. I was like literally about to cry when I'm on stage, but this song is just, and even the way Joshua wrote it is so well put together. And I love just singing along with Carly and everyone else. Um, and I hope that other people, like the people who go through this, I feel, I don't want to say I feel bad for them, but I do. Cause it's not something good to go through. And it's, um, it's, nice that not nice it's it's good that joshua put this in the music because it's something that mm -hmm. happens and it needs to be people need to be seen and heard and it's not just like people in the industry but like in regular life like yeah. what's 
we're going through right now with all the Black Lives Matter stuff, because everyone should be equal and everyone really needs to be seen and heard. Agreed. A hundred percent. I also love too that like this looks like a real life group of friends and it's not just like a cast of white people. Kill me. So boring. So <laughs> And we okay. are friends. Yeah. I we love are it. Friends. Lily, what's the song mean to you? Um, I mean the song means a lot to me. I I was so happy that Josh asked me to to do this song with him. I was supposed to um, be in the production a year ago, um, but I I think it was like two or it was either a week or two before rehearsal started, I ended up booking a show on Netflix called The Big Show Show. And I was really, really upset that it didn't work out, that I wasn't able to work with Josh and do the show. Cause I mean, the show is, it's it tells such an important story about kids in the industry. And mm-hmm. I mean, especially this song, every kid goes through this or almost every kid in the industry goes through this and i think it's so important to put it into music and josh i mean his writing is incredible and the way that he put it into music it makes me cry every time i listen to it and it's just it's so incredible to listen to and i feel like if all the musical theater kids could listen to this they would feel really heard and it just it's it's an incredible song and i'm so proud of josh Audrey. So this song is just amazing. And I just feel like, like they've said so many people, so many people in the industry and just in life, they go through this and everyone needs to have their own voice because it's, you don't want to be like put into a box and you want to be able to be yourself and do what you want to do. And you just need to find your own voice and I think that it's great that that's being portrayed in music and it's being talked about because that's how things are going to get better. And it just feels like there's all this stress that are that is put on the kids to be like successful and do all of this stuff. And But sometimes kid just wants to like, I don't know, go do something fun or normal. And, and it's important that people give kids that because that's what some people want and that should be your choice and i think that josh did an amazing job writing that kind of thing and he's just awesome the song is super heartfelt and i think it's just perfect well i mean there's nothing better than that fabi <laughs> um yes i piggybacking yeah piggybacking off of every of off of what everyone said, um, I this song means a lot. You know, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, especially in this industry, like Grace said, we deal with so much rejection, and we tend to lose our voice every time. No, you didn't get this role, or just anything in general. We deal with so much rejection that it, it kind of brings it, it lowers your self esteem. You lose your self confidence. You 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 really lose it all sometimes. But it's important. This song reminds me and reminds tons of people it reminds hundreds and hundreds that you're you have a voice and you have to speak up you can't just let anyone control you or tell you what to do you know it's it's important to speak up and to say how you feel um because at the end of the day you come first and that's the most important thing um taking care of you and so this this song opens it just it just creates that image you know 
of how how important you are and it doesn't matter what you go through every time a door closes another one's gonna open so so yeah this song really means a lot to me in that sense you know you get rejected sure but you're gonna stand up and you're gonna do and you're gonna get through it and it's, it's and you know it's gonna be a bright future ahead of you no matter what and um josh put that so perfectly into the song and i was of course, like, you know, like I said before, I'm not like, I'm like shocked if he does something amazing. Cause that's like something that happens like, you know, normally like every day. But, um, but yeah, I was, it just, it was just put in so perfectly into the song. And even when I like recorded, I was like, oh my God, like I, I had goosebumps. I was like, I relate so much to it. And I'm sure there's so many other kids and people in this world who do. So, um, it was just, it was put in so perfectly. And I was yeah, so happy just, with it. It's not just the industry, it's like. Everyone, yeah. Right, it's, it's like. universal. Right, exactly. it's universal. Yeah. Carly, first of all, I wanna watch so much television with you because you have reactions to everything <laughs> and I'm here for it. <laughs> Carly Gentle TV. I'm okay. I'm really bad at taking compliments. Like, I love that Sway complimented me. Thank you. But I was so like, I don't know what to do with my face. I'm very scared. Okay. Um, I could talk about this for a very long time. I'm not going to. But um, <laughs> I, I really loved what Fabi said. It's about, oh my god, words complicated. But, you know, as kids, we don't always have the chance to speak up to our parents because they're at an authoritative level. And sometimes that comes to just little things. Um, you know, I've never really gotten in big, big fights with my parents, but you know, some people, uh, this song might be the chance for them to kind of really have their voice and say, you know what, I know you want me to do this job, but it's not for me. I want to do another. In our show, Elizabeth does not want to be in musical theater. She wants to draw. And this is kind of her way of telling her mom, you know, I love the arts, but this way is not for me. And that's really hard to do, but she kind of gets a lot of friends here. And I kind of wanted to say thank you to everyone, especially Josh, for, you know, being one of the first composers at a very young age, kind of giving kids the voice that, you know, they might need to speak up to people. Not saying that being evil to your parents is good, just to, you know, be grateful, but know when there's a time to say something, you should be able to do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that made sense. We'll see. I'll watch it later. <laughs> Just a, a way to level the playing field. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Mm -hmm. Luke, we're gonna end with you. You guys all explained it so well, but um, I am new to the song. I, when Josh asked me to do this, I first listened to the song and it was absolutely beautiful. What I think most about what it means to me is that like, it's like the perfect time for this song. A lot of people, a lot of things are often, you know, pushed aside and ignored. And this song is basically saying, you know, that can't happen. You know, stick up for yourself. You are seen, you are heard, you are important. And it's like such a beautiful message getting across to everyone who feels this way, everyone who's going through something like this. Um, and I think that the lyrics and the, everything about the song just really moves people. 
and it's it's like incredible how how much the song can go in any situation where you're feeling this way well friends uh spread the word all over the interwebs to your friends and let's push this album to number one because it's something that needs to be heard let's do it yeah. thanks so much for joining us guys Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks. Bye. 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 Josh, it's just you and me again. And we're coming to the end, but you said you're not good at sports. Yeah, I'm not good at sports. That's actually uh, the tagline of the end of this song. Um, I guess we kind of have to do the song now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, What's the name the of the song? Uh, it's called The Tonys Are My Super Bowl. It's kind of like the I Want song for Jake. Mm -hmm. well, like, ha yeah. <laughs> let's hear the song. Cool. Here we go. Oh, great. Rolling. I know they'll never see I have
super. I have no idea what to do to score that perfect goal. My instruments are my only friends, and the Tonys are my super. Yeah. I know I'm only one person, but the applause is loud. I should have had a button. Um, we should also mention that the album has two instrumental tracks on it. Yes, it's actually of that song you just heard, uh, Tony Summer's Super Bowl, and another song called Stuck in Your Shadow, sung by the incredible Grace DiMicis. And uh, so we we want you guys to flood the YouTubes with your covers of these songs, right? Yeah. Yes, please. Cover all you want. Make animatics. Um, uh, oh, and um, our songs are on TikTok now, which is fun. Yeah. So uh, you can follow me at Josh Paterchin right there. Right there. And yeah. Josh, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. It was a thrill to talk to you about this album, and I'm so thrilled for you. I'm so, so happy that you were able to do this. Of course. I'm going to skedaddle, and you're closing out the show. Yeah, I guess I am. Thank you so much, Robbie. Bye. Bye. So if you enjoyed today's virtual cabaret, please consider making a donation to the Actors Fund's Emergency Relief Fund at www.actorsfund.org to help people in the entertainment industry who have suddenly found themselves out of work. Any bit helps. Thank you all to our special guests today, as well as Robbie Rizal, Alan, Katie, Brittany, Dory, and Yo from Broadway Podcast Network, and to all of you for joining us today. You can find the Early Night Show on the Broadway Podcast Network, wherever podcasts are found, and videos for episodes online on theearlynightshow.com. If you want to join us for some Q&A fun after today's live, head over on Instagram to the Perfect Fits Instagram at the Perfect Fit Musical, where we'll go live for a little while to answer any questions you might have and to continue the fun. And let's keep entertaining. You can follow my adventures on Instagram and TikTok at Joshua Turchin, and let's keep making music to help the world. Stay healthy and wash your hands. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.